Okay, good evening and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. A very special welcome to Dr. Ganek and Dr. Ganek. So nice to see you, it's been a long time. Thank you to tonight's sponsors, the Apple family. They are dedicating the sheer in memory of Avi's grandmother's yard site, which actually takes place this evening. Esther Bas Shmuel, her neshama should have an aliyah, mitzvah shem. By a show of hands, how many of you sing Sholem Aleichem Friday night? By a show of hands, how many sing all four paragraphs? How do you pronounce the first word in the last paragraph? Tzayischem. Does anyone say it differently? It's a boring crowd, okay. <laughs> many people say... Literally, this stanza is us wishing the Malachim farewell. And it's somewhat, somewhat chutzpahdik, you think about it. Go, go Malachim, leave us. Why in the world do we tell Malachim to leave? Shalom Aleichem, we know, is based on the Gemara and Shabbos. And that speaks about the malachim who accompany us. They uh, come home with us from shul. And it would seem that they would want to hang out, be part of the suda, be part of the zmiros. Why would we say, thank you so much, it's been a pleasure, but take care. Why are we sending them away? The truth is I have here photocopied a tshuva from a contemporary posek who deals with this question, whether or not it's appropriate to say that fourth paragraph of Shalom Aleichem. And he quotes from a variety of different sources. Famously, the Chassam Sofer was of the opinion, She'ein lomer l'melachim l'chol davar kodesh tzeischem l'shalom. How dare you say to anything of Kedusha, please leave. He ain l'hotziyam. We don't want them to go. In the Siddur of the Yaivitz, he also had a question on this particular custom. He writes, Why do we send them away? It would be much better if they were to remain here in our house. If they could hang out forever, that would be amazing. What's the benefit of having Malachim? Then we have more protection, we have more Kedusha. Why are we telling them to go? He quotes many others who are of the same opinion. At the end of this particular tshuva, he says, however, the Chida writes that if you change the word, instead of saying tzeischem, a command form of you shall go, if you say, then it's better. What are we accomplishing by adding the base? That would mean grammatically, when you go, it should be b'shalom. We're not sending you away. We'd love for you to stay the whole Shabbos. All right, there's a whole discussion in halach. If you know they're going to drive home, can you invite them to come in the first place? But assuming they're going to fly home... We're saying, when you choose to go, it should be uh, peacefully. 
The Kafachaim says the same thing as do many others. However, he does not give a good answer for the custom that we all have, which is, Tzeitzchem, leave, go away. It was wonderful having you, but we don't want you anymore. So I'd like to address this question. Why do we tell Malachim in the command form, please leave our home? The title of the shir is The Mystery of the Pomegranate. We know that as we go through Parshas Tetzava, every aspect, every nuance and detail of the internal workings of the Mishkan, of the Begadim, of the clothing of the Kohen Gadol, there are layers upon layers of meaning and, and Ramozim. So let's focus on the Ramonim, the pomegranates that were on the bottom of the Me'il, the very end of the robe that the Kohen Gadol wore. Pasuk tells us, Vasisa al shulav shani. You should make on the bottom of the robe pomegranate shapes made from turquoise wool, argaman is purple, salashani, crimson, all woven together to make a beautiful form. Al shulav saviv upamone zohav besocham saviv. So we've seen the pictures before. On the bottom of the robe, you have rimonim, and then between the rimonim, you have bells. Bells of gold and pomegranates of wool. Pamon zav rimon, pamon zav rimon, al shulei hameil saviv. It's actually a debate between Rashi and the Ramban. What exactly did that look like? Was it Rimon, Bell, Rimon, Bell? Or was it within the Rimon you had a bell? We're going to leave that for now, though. V'hayal Aaron l'shares. This should be upon Aaron during his service in the Mishkan. V'nishma kolo. And his voice will be heard. One might translate, and its voice, the, the sound of the bells. We'll have to explore that. Bevo el hakodesh lifnei Hashem. When he approaches the kodesh in front of Hashem, so, and when he leaves, will hear that sound, velo yomus, and he shall not die. Implication seems to be, if you're missing the bells, no problem. Yerchayev Misa. Okay? Make sure to keep the bells on. All right? So there happens to be, like we mentioned, many levels. There is a Ralbag that speaks about this in a psychological way. Very deep insight into how we work as complicated uh, human beings. The Rabag is explaining why the bells, why the need for that sound when Aaron was going in during his avoda. <laughs> that when he has these Ramonim and the Pamon Zav and the golden bell, Nishma Kolo, according to the Rabag, means that Aaron's voice will be heard. His Tfila on behalf of himself and behalf of Klal Yisrael, will be accepted. What do the bells have to do with HaKadosh Baruch Hu listening and accepting his tefillah? 
that background music, the ringing of the bells, will awaken our own to be misbonim, to think and to, to contemplate, Bekodesh, reminding him where he is, and to remind him that he's wearing, right, the Kohen Godel had, the Shmonet Begadim, the big days of, the only person in the world to wear all eight of those garments. It brings him back to recall, what's the point of all of this? So since the bells are there to keep him focused and to make sure to remind himself, this is where I am, this is what I'm doing, this is a big moment to bring him back, to center him. This was the godly desire of having those bells ring. That Aaron's voice, his tefillah would be accepted because of his laser focus based on the background music of the bells. Taking this idea of the Ralbag and actually trying to picture what happened is a little bit difficult, right? You're Aaron HaKohen. You're walking in. You're doing your avoda. You're surrounded by the supernatural. You're in this state that's lamala min hateva. God is right there in front of you. You're, you're doing the service lifnei Hashem. So what's going to happen without the bells? Space out for a moment. What am I doing here again? Right? Why, why am I wearing all... Oh, the bells. <laughs> right. Avodas Hashem. I'm davening on behalf of Klal Yisrael. And everything depends on me. It, it, sounds, it sounds hard to believe that the background music would be needed or even helpful. The example the Ralbag shares with us, he says, this is similar to the prohibition of a Kohen drinking before the Avoda. What's the problem with a couple of Lachaims before the Avoda? Let's say they had Kiddush first, he daven hashkama, he has a little Kiddush, a few Lachaims, and then he wants to go do the Avoda. Obviously the answer is, he won't have that same laser focus. There's a hesachadas. there's a a lack of full appreciation and being zoned in. So just like the Kohen can't drink before doing the avoda, he needs the reminder of the, the clanging of the bells to keep him focused. What poem comes to mind, by the way? Famous, depressing, probably psychotic poet. Edgar Allan Poe. Poe, yes. Bells, 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 right? So it's interesting, Ralbag, the, the Ksava Kabbalah takes this similar approach, but he elaborates. He says, we know we have the mitzvah of tzitzis. What is the point of that mitzvah? The Torah makes it very clear. We see the tzitzis, and it reminds us, it strengthens our commitment we have a lot to do, we have a lot to accomplish. That explains the Ksav Kabbalah. That's a reminder through using the sense of vision. You see something, and it brings you back to what I need to be doing. Regarding the Kohen Gadol, there is a need for utilizing a different sense. That, the Chush of Shmiya. 
hearing the bells, that would help him not just through seeing all the begadim and, and being exposed to all of the supernatural, but also the chush, the chush hashmiya, hearing the ringing of the bells, using the different senses together, that would help focus him to create a greater level of avoda, nishma kolo, to allow his tefillah to be accepted. The way that the Ksavah Kabbalah says it, al yadesh miyoso kol pamonim, through hearing the bells on the bottom of the robe, yis orer loses daito valibo, he's awakened, to focus his mind and his heart, Who am I standing in front of, looking like this, dressed as the Kohen Gadol? Who commanded me to be here right now? So I think the basic idea of the Ralbag and the Ksava Kabbalah is that needing reminders doesn't connote weakness. Right? Somebody has a, on his phone a reminder every three hours to text his wife. Does that mean that you don't really love your wife because you wouldn't need a reminder? You should be texting her anyway. Or let's say I have a reminder it's time to daven. Why do you need that? Right? Be a gavra, be a man. You should know it's mincha time. If the Kohen Gadol, doing the most holy work on the planet, needs all of his senses to bring him in and to focus, to, to prevent a Hesach Hadas, to keep him away from, from spacing out on any level, so then it's not at all a weakness. It's a recognition, it's an awareness of what it means to be human. We need reminders. Part of that is the realization that if I need to be reminded of important things in my life, so that means you need to be reminded as well. Now that could be annoying theoretically, if I become your mashkiach, and I'm your husband or I'm your wife, or I'm the father or the mother, but when it comes to making sure that you know that I love you, of course you know that I love you. Look at everything I do for the family. Look at all the amazing, uh, you know, all of my responsibilities I've taken on to make sure to support the family. But you need to express it, you need to share it, because people need reminders. That's the psychological approach of the Ralbag. What I want to do is jump into the mystical approach of the Ramban. Nowadays they have the ring doorbell. Mazer ring doorbell, right? So you can see someone standing by your door on your phone. It's very convenient. It's helpful for, for safety. The whole idea of a doorbell, right? So where does that come from? Ever heard the phrase saved by the bell? Here's some good trivia. Where does the phrase saved by the bell come from? Anybody know? Boxing. Huh? Boxing. Okay, good guess, right? Boxing. The guy's about to get knocked out and then the bell rings. What else comes to mind? In school, right? <laughs> you're getting really bored, you're falling asleep, and then the bell rings, class is over, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> you know where it actually comes from? 
It goes back hundreds of years to uh, England, where for some reason or other, they had to dig up some of the graves at some point and move the, uh, the caskets. And when they opened the caskets, some of them, they saw scratch marks inside. So they deduced from that, maybe the person wasn't fully dead. Right? That's a horrific image. Okay, this was before they had the technology and modern medicine, how to really determine the, the time of death. So what they decided to do was, when someone would pass away, they would place a bell inside of the casket, and that way, if there's any movement, the bell would ring, and that person would be saved by the bell. So if we've learned nothing else this evening, at least we now know the origins of that particular phrase. But where does the idea of a doorbell come from? Answer is... The Ramban, when he explains the need for the bells in the bottom of the me'il, he says that there should be a feeling of, of hesitation. That even though I've been appointed as the Kohen Gadol, and I do represent the entirety of the Jewish people, so I, I have permission to be here, I have an obligation to be here, but there should still be a feeling of pachad, of, of trepidation. So ki'ilu... If I just walked in without making any gesture or, or, or asking for permission, that would be a lack of, of, of respect. That would be a chutzpah. person comes into the palace of the king without knocking, without letting him know beforehand. In any regular malchus, you'd be chayiv miso. Where do we find that idea in Tanakh? In Esther. Esther says to, Achash, to Mordechai, I can't just go into Achashverosh without being summoned. He'll kill me. So therefore, says the Ramban, the idea of the bell, or the bells, is that as the Kohen Gadol comes in, it creates a feeling of needing to ask permission to be here. It's an opportunity. It's a privilege. I don't deserve this, but I'm so incredibly grateful to be here. Then he goes further. In Yerushalmi, this also is alluding to what the Gemara says in the Yerushalmi Yuma. No other person can be in the tent of meeting. Okay. The way the Gemara understands that is a filu osan shekosuv behen demus penehem pene adam. Even those beings that are referred to as having the peneha adam, having the face of a man, referring to angels, even angels are not allowed to be in the Ohel Moed when Aaron HaKohen goes in. Alkain siva lahashmiya kolo. Therefore, says the Ramban, on a deeper level, the requirement of the call of the bells, it's almost as if Aaron is giving the signal, everyone should please separate, please move away, I'm coming in. So on one hand, it's, it's creating a, a feeling of trepidation, of hesitation. It's, it's a schus for me to be here. But on the other hand, I'm making this declaration, any other person 
or in this case, any other being, I need you to leave now. I need to come in to serve the king in seclusion with nobody else here. The Rebbeinu Bachaya, who takes the same approach as the Ramban, he explains that if there wasn't this signal to remove all of the, the spiritual, the celestial forces that were there, Aaron would be putting himself in grave danger. You're walking into this arena with all of these different forces. That's not simple. That's very dangerous. So the bells were this remiz of telling all of the, the melachim, please leave, I'm coming in. And the Pasuk the Ramban quotes is from Yosef. Yosef, before revealing himself to his brothers, Yosef he wasn't able to hold himself back with all of the people standing there, and he cried out, Everybody leave! Meaning all the Egyptians who were standing there, he commanded them, you have to get out. Below Omar Ish Ito, Bihisvada Yosef El Achiv, no one else was standing there when Yosef revealed himself to his brothers. The Ramban on that particular Pasik explains Hotsiyu Kol Ish Nachri Me'alai. The intent of Yosef, the message of Yosef was I need all of the strangers to please leave. This is family business. This is between me and my brothers. All the Nachrim, please leave. Kiedaberi Mohim is I'm going to speak with them. I need to speak with them privately. So the Ramban here in Parshas Titzava is alluding to the declaration of Yosef telling all the Mitzrim to leave, and he's applying that idea to Aaron HaKohen walking into the Ohel Moed, telling all of the Malachim to leave because I need to speak with God privately. Please step outside. Shabbos, we know, is a very special expression of the relationship that we have with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Shomru B'nai Yisrael, it's a Shabbos Lassos, it's a Shabbos Adorosam, Brisolam, Be'ni Yuvein B'nai Yisrael, the Kaddish Baruch Hu says, this is an os, this is a sign between me and B'nai Yisrael. Os Hila Olam, it's an everlasting covenant between me and the Jewish people. The Orachayim, when he elaborates on this idea of an os, Be'ni Yuvein B'nai Yisrael, he says, Perush ein zar itanu ba'olam halaz. When we go into Shabbos and we have this infusion of a neshama yaseira, what's the definition, by the way, of neshama yaseira? An extra soul. That's how many understand it. However, the Ibn Ezra and others say it doesn't mean a Kaddish Baruch Hu is, is giving us an extra neshama. But neshama yaseira actually means more neshama. Meaning to say, throughout the week, there's this film, there's this constraint where so much of the neshama is not able to really radiate. It's restricted. 
in the hole, in the, in the mundane, in the sand. On Shabbos we have Neshama Yaseira, which means we're able, HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows us to have this chirus, where more of the Neshama is able to be expressed. We're in tune to things in a different way. We could feel Kedush in a different way. In that world of Shabbos, explains the Orachayim, Ein Zari Halaz, there's no one else there with us. This is a special world that Klal Yisrael has entered into together with the Boreolam, with the creator of the universe. V'ulai, and listen to this line of the Orachayim. Perhaps, Shigam HaMelochim Lo Yeshvu it could even be that even the angels cannot dwell with us in this world of Shabbos. Because it's above the Olam HaMalachim. We may not see it, we may not feel it, we can certainly sense it if we have that, that focus. But when we go into Shabbos, we are stepping into a different dimension, into a sanctuary of time. Into a, into a place where it's lamala min malachim. Even angels don't belong here. When we say in the davening, Hashem, you didn't give this present to any other aspects of humanity. You didn't give the gift of Shabbos to anybody else. You've only given Shabbos to Yisrael. Yisrael Amcha Nesata Ba'ava, you've given it with love. Am Mekadshe Shvi, we are the nation that's Mekadesh. We sanctify the Shvi. You didn't give the gift of Shabbos to anybody else. Or Chaim might say, that means you didn't even give this to Malachim. This is something that's unique. Oh, see, it's mamish a sign. It's the covenant. This is our relationship. We're in a world together with nobody else here, no other human beings, and no other malachim. So we had a question. How do we explain the minig of so many of us? Get out of here. Go home. We're commanding you to leave. That's a strange thing. Many G'dal Yisrael didn't like it because of that. But those of us who say it, what are we thinking? What's the meaning of Tzayischem L'Shalom? Not B'Tzayischem. Tzayischem, leave, it's a command form. It could very well be that just like the Ramban explains, the purpose of the, the bells, those golden bells on the Me'il of Aaron HaKohen, was to have that clear declaration, I'm going into the Ohel Moed, and therefore all of you different kochos and celestial beings and malachim of all different madregas, even the chayos hakodesh, the highest level malach, you don't belong here. This needs to be b'yichud, just me and the Kaddish Baruch Hu, because I'm going to the Ohel Moed. When we go into Shabbos, we say the same thing. We turn to the malachim and we thank them. Right? Shalom Aleichem, Malachi Sharis, it's so nice you came with us to look at our Shabbos table and to smell the good food, and we loved having you. But eventually, now we're asking you, we're commanding you to leave. And it's not a chutzpah. It's the greatest expression of our recognition that Shabbos 
is, is intimate. It's between us and the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Say, please go now. You'll come back afterwards. But this is just between me and God. Say, Being able to get to that state of mind where a person actually feels I am alone with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is something that we can tap into even when it's not Shabbos. There's a beautiful paragraph here in the diary of the Eish Kodesh. We quote from this diary often. And here he speaks about his feelings and his experience and Simchas Torah Tough Reish Tzadi Gimel, 1933. A time of great turmoil, a time of devastation and fear. And he says, Kishimaschil is live besimcha, we started to dance. But as we began feeling a little bit of that fire of joy that we had in the past, Yismara Libo Bo, there was this feeling of negativity and bitterness. What are we rejoicing over? We're going to be dancing and singing and getting excited. We're drowning in pain. We don't know what the future holds. So he's describing the scene. You have the Eish Kodesh, Hashem Yokom Domov, together with his Hasidim. They're trying to get into the spirit of Simchas Torah, but there's this blockage. How do we really feel any Simcha? But then he explains, I was able to strengthen myself and I said, With my God, I am rejoicing right now. Lift us up above all of the other worlds. Lift us even above the Malachim. Let them ask, right? Where is the Kodesh Baruch Hu? We want to be above that. You are the God of my neshama, of every aspect of my being. I'm going to choose to ignore everything else and rejoice with you in the Torah that you've given us. And listen to these words, the way he describes his mindset. Hakol bottle ata. Now, in this moment, everything is nullified. Ein olam ve'ein dagos. There is no world outside of this base medrash. There are no worries right now. Lo guf ve'lo tsaros. There's no body. There's no physicality. There's no pain. There's no anxiety. I, I there is. Right? There are a lot of tsaros and daiga and worry and insecurity. But what he's explaining to us is that he was able, I don't think he's only referring to himself, but he was able to create this culture that even for a moment, the Eish Kodesh together with his Hasidim were able to feel a yichud, this, this private, intimate relationship, celebrating with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Celebrating the Torah, Matov nothing else existed. With you, Hashem, with all of my strength, I dance before you, and in front of your glory, 
I dance. So the idea of the bells being there to remind the Kohen to focus on what he's doing, we need reminders. That doesn't mean that we're weak or frail or that we're lacking Yira Shemayim. It means that we're cognizant of what it means to be human and it means we're responsible. We're holding ourselves accountable for whatever it is we need to be doing and doing it well. We have to utilize reminders. Any chush, if it's re'i, if it's shmi'a, if it's a notepad, if it's the phone, use it. Use it well. But on a deeper level, the bells were there, explains the Ramban, as a declaration of Aaron HaKohen telling all of the angels, please leave. Right now, this is private time between me and the Kaddish Baruch Hu. As much as we can, even if it's for literally a few seconds here and there, if it's in the middle of Shemona Esrei, if it's as you're walking to your car from the office, to try to just be misboning, to have that thought, to have that feeling, right? allow the words of the Eish Kodesh to resonate within us. Ein olam velo daigos, lo guf velo tsoros, imo yisborach ani rokeid, I dance with you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Those moments of seclusion can be transformative. Shkoyach.